We are reading Job chapters 31 through 34 and Psalm 10 here on Commuter Bible OT. As Job concludes his remarks about sin and suffering, he maintains that he has been faithful to the Lord. He has abstained from lust and from adultery. He has cared for those in need. He has kept himself from the worship of false gods, such as the worship of sun and moon. When Job concludes his words, a young man named Elihu, who has yet to speak, begins to voice his anger. He has respectfully waited until those older than him have had their say, but they have argued inadequately against Job, and Job has spoken with a self-righteous posture. Job chapters 31 through 34 I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I look at a young woman? For what portion would I have from God above, or what inheritance from the Almighty on high? Doesn't disaster come to the unjust and misfortune to evildoers? Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? If I have walked in falsehood, or my foot has rushed to deceit, let God weigh me on accurate scales, and he will recognize my integrity. If my step has turned from the way, my heart has followed my eyes, or impurity has stained my hands, let someone else eat what I have sown, and let my crops be uprooted. If my heart has gone astray over a woman, or I have lurked at my neighbor's door? Let my own wife grind grain for another man, and let other men sleep with her, for that would be a disgrace. It would be an iniquity deserving punishment, for it is a fire that consumes down to Abaddon. It would destroy my entire harvest." If I have dismissed the case of my male or female servants when they made a complaint against me, what could I do when God stands up to judge? How should I answer him when he calls me to account? Did not the one who made me in the womb also make them? Did not the same God form us both in the womb? If I have refused the wishes of the poor, or let the widow's eyes go blind. If I have eaten my few crumbs alone without letting the fatherless eat any of it, for from my youth I raised him as his father, and since the day I was born I guided the widow. If I have seen anyone dying for lack of clothing, or a needy person without a cloak, if he did not bless me while warming himself with the fleece from my sheep, if I ever cast my vote against a fatherless child when I saw that I had support in the city gate. Then let my shoulder blade fall from my back and my arm be pulled from its socket. For disaster from God terrifies me and because of his majesty, I could not do these things. If I placed my confidence in gold, or called fine gold my trust, 
If I have rejoiced because my wealth is great or because my own hand has acquired so much, if I have gazed at the sun when it was shining or at the moon moving in splendor so that my heart was secretly enticed and I threw them a kiss, this would also be an iniquity deserving punishment for I would have denied God above. Have I rejoiced over my enemy's distress or become excited when trouble came his way? I have not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for his life with a curse. Haven't the members of my household said, Who is there who has not had enough to eat at Job's table? No stranger had to spend the night on the street, for I opened my door to the traveler. Have I covered my transgressions as others do by hiding my iniquity in my heart because I greatly feared the crowds and because the contempt of the clans terrified me so I grew silent and would not go outside? If only I had someone to hear my case. Here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my opponent compose his indictment. I would surely carry it on my shoulder and wear it like a crown. I would give him an account of all my steps. I would approach him like a prince. If my land cries out against me and its furrows join in weeping, if I have consumed its produce without payment or shown contempt for its tenants, then let thorns grow instead of wheat and stinkweed instead of barley. The words of Job are concluded. So these three men quit answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, from the family of Ram, became angry. He was angry at Job because he had justified himself rather than God. He was also angry at Job's three friends because they had failed to refute him and yet had condemned him. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were all older than he. But when he saw that the three men could not answer Job, he became angry. So Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, replied, I am young in years, while you are old. Therefore I was timid and afraid to tell you what I know. I thought that age should speak and maturity should teach wisdom. 
but it is the Spirit in a person, the breath from the Almighty, that gives anyone understanding. It is not only the old who are wise or the elderly who understand how to judge. Therefore I say, listen to me. I too will declare what I know. Look, I waited for your conclusions. I listened to your insights as you sought for words. I paid close attention to you. Yet no one proved Job wrong. Not one of you refuted his arguments. So do not claim, we have found wisdom, let God deal with him, not man. But Job has not directed his arguments to me, and I will not respond to him with your arguments. Job's friends are dismayed and can no longer answer. Words have left them. Should I continue to wait now that they are silent? Now that they stand there and no longer answer? I, too, will answer. Yes, I will tell what I know. For I am full of words, and my spirit compels me to speak. My heart is like unvented wine. It is about to burst like new wineskins. I must speak so that I can find relief. I must open my lips and respond. I will be partial to no one and I will not give anyone an undeserved title. For I do not know how to give such titles. Otherwise, my Maker would remove me in an instant. But now, Job, pay attention to my speech and listen to all my words. I am going to open my mouth. My tongue will form words on my palate. My words come from my upright heart, and my lips speak with sincerity what they know. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Refute me if you can. Prepare your case against me. Take your stand. I am just like you before God. I was also pinched off from a piece of clay. Fear of me should not terrify you. No pressure from me should weigh you down. Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard these very words. I am pure without transgression. I am clean and have no iniquity. But he finds reason to oppose me. He regards me as his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks. He stands watch over all my paths. But I tell you that you are wrong in this matter, since God is greater than man. Why do you take him to court for not answering anything a person asks? For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. In a dream, a vision in the night, when deep sleep comes over people as they slumber on their beds, He uncovers their ears and terrifies them with warnings in order to turn a person from his actions and suppress the pride of a person. God spares his soul from the pit, his life from crossing the river of death. A person may be disciplined on his bed with pain and constant distress in his bones, so that he detests bread and his soul despises his favorite food. 
His flesh wastes away to nothing, and his unseen bones stick out. He draws near to the pit and his life to the executioners. If there is an angel on his side, one mediator out of a thousand, to tell a person what is right for him and to be gracious to him and say, Spare him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Then his flesh will be healthier than in his youth, and he will return to the days of his youthful vigor. He will pray to God, and God will delight in him. That person will see his face with a shout of joy, and God will restore his righteousness to him. He will look at men and say, I have sinned and perverted what was right, yet I did not get what I deserved. He redeemed my soul from going down to the pit, and I will continue to see the light. God certainly does all these things, two or three times to a person, in order to turn him back from the pit, so he may shine with the light of life. Pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be quiet, and I will speak. But if you have something to say, answer me. Speak, for I would like to justify you. If not... Then listen to me. Be quiet, and I will teach you wisdom. Then Elihu continued, saying, Hear my words, you wise ones, and listen to me, you knowledgeable ones. Doesn't the ear test words as the palate tastes food? Let us judge for ourselves what is right. Let us decide together what is good. For Job has declared, I am righteous, yet God has deprived me of justice. Would I lie about my case? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job? He drinks derision like water. He keeps company with evildoers and walks with wicked men. For he has said, A man gains nothing when he becomes God's friend. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding. It is impossible for God to do wrong, and for the Almighty to act unjustly. For he repays a person according to his deeds, and he gives him what his conduct deserves. Indeed, It is true that God does not act wickedly, and the Almighty does not pervert justice. Who gave him authority over the earth? Who put him in charge of the entire world? If he puts his mind to it and withdrew the spirit and breath he gave, every living thing would perish together, and mankind would return to the dust If you have understanding, hear this. Listen to what I have to say. Could one who hates justice govern the world? Will you condemn the mighty righteous one who says to a king, worthless man, and to nobles, wicked men? God is not partial to princes and does not favor the rich over the poor for they are all the work of his hands. They die suddenly in the middle of the night, 
People shudder, then pass away. Even the mighty are removed without effort. For his eyes watch over a man's ways, and he observes all his steps. There is no darkness, no deep darkness, where evildoers can hide. God does not need to examine a person further, that one should approach him in court. He shatters the mighty without an investigation and sets others in their place. Therefore he recognizes their deeds and overthrows them by night, and they are crushed. In full view of the public, he strikes them for their wickedness, because they turned aside from following him and did not understand any of his ways, but caused the poor to cry out to him. And he heard the outcry of the needy. But when God is silent, who can declare him guilty? When he hides his face, who can see him? Yet he watches over both individuals and nations, so that godless men should not rule or ensnare the people. Suppose someone says to God, I have endured my punishment. I will no longer act wickedly. Teach me what I can see. If I have done wrong, I won't do it again. Should God repay you on your terms when you have rejected His You must choose, not I. So declare what you know. Reasonable men will say to me, along with the wise who hear me, Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without insight. If only Job were tested to the limit, because his answers are like those of wicked men. For he adds rebellion to his sin. He scornfully claps in our presence while multiplying his words against God. Psalm 10 Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue their victims. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked person arrogantly thinks, There is no accountability since there is no God. His ways are always secure. Your lofty judgments have no effect on him. He scoffs at all his adversaries. He says to himself, I will never be moved. From generation to generation, I will be without calamity. Cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near settlements. He kills the innocent in secret places. His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket. He lurks in order to seize a victim. He seizes a victim and drags him in his net. So he is oppressed and beaten down. Helpless people fall because of the wicked one's strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord. Lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. 
Why has the wicked person despised God? He says to himself, You will not demand an account. But you yourself have seen trouble and grief, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless one entrusts himself to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked, evil person until you look for his wickedness, but it can't be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere humans from the earth may terrify them no more. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him, and He will make your paths straight.